to talk to you about a word that uh, God had given me that I think is good for us to hear. Um, you know, we, we've been going in our church, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, uh, we've been going through every day of this week, which is affectionately known as uh, Passion Week. And Passion Week is uh, the week that leads up to the uh, capture, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, one of the things that's interesting about the, those days is they have some interesting names uh, but on that Thursday there's a lot that goes down there's a lot of things that are happening pretty much all centered around uh, the Last Supper and there was a a Jewish tradition uh, in those times where when people would be in other people's homes they would wash their feet and uh, there's some particular reasons for that uh, mainly uh, you know, you walked around all day long and you're talking about Middle Eastern area. And so there's a lot of sand, a lot of dirt. They're walking around and, you know, the, the Jordan sandals 500 and um, they're just getting those things all dusty and crusty. So when you want walk in, you don't want to track all that dirt in with you. And so a lot of times what they would do is they would stop at some point and wash their feet. Now, that job, that role of, of washing of people's feet was specifically tasked to the lowest slave of the household, or at least the lowest servant of the household. And even if there wasn't a servant, I'm sure, you know, the youngest kid or, or the, the lowest of the totem pole was tasked with doing that. But Jesus flips the script and does something interesting. And I want to read you just a few passages we find in John chapter 13. Uh, John chapter 13, verses 2 through 11. Listen to what went down on this night. It says, It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never wash my feet. Again, uh, Peter's understanding this is a task for the lowliest of the low. Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is my Savior. There's no way I can let him wash my feet. But listen to how Jesus responds to him. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter explained, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for their feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him, that it was meant what he, that's what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm hoping this is true, but we've all been extra clean as of late washing our hands for 20 seconds. I feel like my hands are raw. I've been having to go through a lot of lotion, uh, just trying to keep them from cracking. Um, you know, everything I do before I do anything else, I got to wash my hands. Uh, we just had my in-laws drop off some groceries. And uh, after wiping them all down with uh, disinfectant wipes, I wash my hands for like a minute. You know, it's one of those things where we're being extra cautious about sanitation. Uh, but I don't want to talk to you about washing hands. I want to talk to you tonight about washing feet. I think there's a few interesting lessons. And, you know, having been in youth ministry, I understand there's a lot of you with some serious uh, phobias when it comes to feet. You hate feet. Feet are disgusting to you. Feet freak you out. 
Uh, and, you know, for the most part, I don't think, you know, feet are the most awesome thing ever. But they are something that need to be washed periodically. There's been times, uh, in particular with some of you guys, where we'll be at a retreat, we'll be at a camp, we'll be out somewhere. We've been running around all day. And then somebody takes off their shoes and you know, dang, bro, you need to wash your feet. You know, it's like one of those things like, no, seriously, put your shoes outside and go wash your feet. And I've, I've low-key, I've done that to people in my house. It's like, hey, listen, I love you, but your feet smell. You need to go wash your feet real quick. And again, it's not trying to be bogus. It's like either we all sit and smell these feet or you wash them. Now, and again, in biblical times, this was a, a custom that was done uh, in order to make sure, again, cleanliness, the cleanliness of houses and, and of people. And there's a few lessons that I think are very important that Jesus teaches in this washing of feet. Lessons that you and I can maybe glean from. The first thing is this. Jesus said to him, you don't understand, but someday you will. I think it's important for you and I to get that there are some things that we just won't understand right now. There are some things that when we look at it, we just don't get it. In particular, if we're, if we're honest, with what's going on right now, some of this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why God would allow a global epidemic. It doesn't make sense why people that we know or people that we care about are sick or even worse are dying. It's moments like this where we start to even wonder and question, God, are you there? God, do you even care? This doesn't make sense. Why I have to stay? Why my graduation has to be canceled? Why I can't go back to school? Uh, it's sometimes in these moments where it just doesn't make sense. And a lot of times we get frustrated when it doesn't make sense. You know what I love though about God is faith doesn't require sense. You don't have to get it to give it. You don't have to understand it all to have faith in it all. We trust God. We believe God. And I love what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, you don't get it yet, Peter. You don't understand right now what I'm doing, but you will. When you get in this position, when you begin to lead people into the presence of God, when you begin to teach my people and minister to my people, when you become the head of the church, you're going to start to understand why it's important to humble yourself, why it's important to wash others' feet. Right now, what you saw in the beginning of all this is you saw the opposite of people wanting to wash feet. They were trying to get their feet washed. In other words, instead of being generous, people got selfish. Instead of understanding that other people have children, other people have babies who need uh, you know, infant water or who need formula, they were hoarding it. Instead of realizing that other people got to wipe their butts, we were hoarding toilet paper. You know, it's, it's these acts of panic and frustration and misunderstanding or at least not understanding what's going on that causes people to become selfish, which is the opposite of what Jesus was trying to teach them when he washed their feet. He was trying to help them understand, as he later on says in the scriptures, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve. It's important in this season that you understand that God has called you to serve, not necessarily to be served. To encourage, not necessarily to just be encouraged. To love, not just wait for somebody to love you. There might be some of you who, during this time of, of you know, quarantine, where you're thinking, man, nobody's reached out to me, nobody's talked to me, and, and I, I get that, man. I'm sorry if you feel like people have forgotten you. But I would also reply with, who have you remembered? Who have you reached out to and who have you talked to? Instead of waiting for somebody to wash your feet, whose feet have you gone out of your way to wash? Who have, who have you reached out to and, and checked in on and said, hey, how are you doing? What's going on 
in your heart? What's happening in your life? How's your family feeling? This is one of those opportunities where you can reach out, where you can, uh, even with just a simple phone call or a simple letter, or, or maybe you can just, hey, I, I got a little extra money on the side and, and I know this family is struggling and I'm going to order them a pizza. You don't even have to physically get out of your house, right? You can have that pizza delivered. I'm not saying you got to break the bank. You don't got to get some fancy deep dish. You can throw a little Domino's their way. Yo, if you're hungry, you're hungry. You eat what somebody gives you, right? But I'm being honest in the sense that if we can understand that God has a plan in this, that God is turning what the enemy meant to harm us and he flips it for good, that God can bring out the best out of the worst situations, then we, we panic less because, yeah, I don't understand but I know the one who does. I don't get it, but I know the one who has it all together. And because of that, I can trust God through this season. The second thing that I noticed as I was reading this is you can't have your feet washed if you're unwilling to be humble about it. Again, a lot of this lesson that Jesus is teaching is about humility, is about helping people understand that they have to humble themselves like Jesus did when he wrapped the towel on his waist and he washed people's feet. And like I said earlier, it takes some humility to, to help somebody out and not only think about yourself. But what I also understand is it takes humility to receive help. Some of you, if we're honest, um, when you look at this story, you, you relate a lot with Peter. Peter didn't think he was worthy of letting Jesus wash his feet. In other words, he was saying, no way, Jesus, there's no way you can wash my feet. Not in a million years am I worthy of someone like you washing my feet. He understood how wicked he was. He probably understood how dirty his feet were. And he said, I don't, I don't want you to see my feet. You know, it's like, reminds me now that the summertime is coming. Some of you ladies out there who want to wear them open toe shoes, but get mad when people notice your toes, you freak out and you worry. No, no, no. My feet are ugly. Then why are you wearing open toe shoes? Right? Somebody gets me on that one. But the truth is this. It takes humility to let somebody do something for you. And I think sometimes we don't accept forgiveness. We don't accept grace. We don't accept mercy. We don't even accept the love because we don't feel like we deserve it. Some of you for a long time have allowed uh, these kind of, uh, I would say, abuse almost or uh, mistreatment of you to create a narrative for you. You've allowed people who weren't willing to love you to make you feel like you didn't deserve love. You've allowed maybe parents who didn't show their love the way you thought they should get you to a part where you think I don't deserve to be loved by anybody even my own parents don't love me or even you know people at school don't love me and, and you start to create this narrative where when people actually try to love you you push them back when people actually try to to offer you forgiveness or or to give you grace and give you mercy you rather beat yourself up and rake yourself through the coals and feel like no 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 I gotta suffer first I, I've messed up. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I got to suffer before I can accept all that. And again, we bring that kind of mentality into our relationship with God. God says in his word that you're forgiven. God says in his word that he's washed away your sins, that he's thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. But still we sit there, we go, well, I don't think maybe God hasn't totally forgiven me. Or maybe God hasn't totally forgotten her. Or, you know what, I'm still struggling with this. And maybe I don't deserve to be appreciated or loved by God. And yeah, I, I know that God has a future for me. And I know that God has a plan for my life. But I don't deserve a plan. And I love what Jesus says. He goes, listen, unless I wash your feet, you don't belong to me. I got to do this. 
I have to take care of you because you're mine. It's not about what you deserve. God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what he desires. And he desires to love you and he desires to forgive you. And he desires to lift you up when you're down. That's God's desire for you. Not what you've earned. None of us have earned it. But we all need to be willing to receive it. I love what the scripture says. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us falls short of deserving anything from God. And yet God in his wisdom and in his love still decides to give us everything. A third thing I notice is you don't have to get saved every day. You already are. Now, I've jokingly said this with other ministers where, <clears throat> especially when I'm doing camps and, and there's a bunch of people, camps aren't that difficult when it comes to altar time because you're guaranteed at least a handful of junior hires are going to come to the altar. I don't know why, but for some reason in your younger years, as particularly, you feel like you got to get saved every week. You feel like, you know, when that message is given, you got to get saved every week. And even when you're older, if we're honest, if we're transparent, there's moments where we sit there and we wonder, am I, am I really saved? A am I really where I need to be with God? And I think this is why we have that struggle. Because we, at some point in our life, maybe at Excel on a Thursday night, you said a prayer that I led you through where you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You asked him to wash away all your sins and to make you his sons and daughters. And I need you to understand, if you made that prayer in faith, if you believed in your heart, what you said with your mouth, you're saved. Now, the problem is a lot of times why we feel like maybe we're not is because not too long after that, we mess up. Maybe that very night you sinned again. Maybe the next few days you, you did something that you knew you weren't supposed to do. And as a result of those sins that we do in our day-to-day -day life, we start to wonder, well, am I really saved? Because if, if I was saved, then I would never sin. Now, the Bible, again, doesn't make it like that. The Bible talks about this thing called sanctification, which is the process of becoming more and more like God. In that process, you're going to make mistakes. In that process, you're going to sin. That doesn't mean that all of you is filthy all over again. Again, as long as you're not entering into willful sin, as long as you're not purposely rejecting God and walking away from him and throwing your hands up and saying, I don't believe anymore. If you have faith in God and you have a relationship with God and you make a mistake, that's what it is. It's a mistake. And that's why Jesus used the illustration of washing feet. That's why he says that a person who is cleaned does not have to wash all over again if only their feet. Here's what you have to understand. Especially some of you, you've been quarantined a little too long and there's a little too much hibaro in you and you refuse to wear socks and chanclas in your house. So maybe you'll take a shower. It might be taking you two or three days to shower, but maybe you take a shower and your whole body is clean, but you're walking around the house barefoot. You go outside barefoot. And because you've been walking around barefoot, by the time the night comes, you look at your feet and they're dirty again. Now, if you're nasty, some of you just kind of, you know, wipe your feet off and then go into bed. But if you're smart, maybe at least you go wash your feet. Now, you shower that day. You don't necessarily have to shower all over again, but your feet are dirty. And when you walk with God, your whole body has been cleaned. Your whole spirit has been cleaned. But there's going to be a part of you, a small part, that's going to get dirty. That's going to have uh, dirt on its feet. And I'm not saying you got to go get saved all over again. And neither is the Bible. What the Bible is saying is that part of you that's been in contact with sin, 
that's part of you that's collected filth, that part still needs to get corrected. And so what you do need to do on a periodic basis is do some self-inventory. Check yourself. See if there's a part of you that has filthy hands. Again, like what we're doing with coronavirus, right? Wash your hands after you've touched something. You know, again, I mentioned that we had some groceries brought in. Um, once I grabbed the packages and I, and I sorted everything, I wiped everything down, I put it away, I washed my hands because I don't know, you know, who in that rest, uh, store might have been sick and might have touched that package or, you know, that cash register who's using gloves is using the same gloves for all of the things she's touching or he's touching. And so I don't know if maybe there's been contact with some germs or a virus on that. And so after I was done touching something that might be unclean, I went and cleaned my hands. In this case... What God is using for the illustration is your feet. And so, yes, you might mess up. You might, during this time of quarantine, have gone on a website you shouldn't have gone on. Or maybe you, you know, passed along some pictures you shouldn't have passed along. Or said some things or watched some things you shouldn't watch. Or, you know, been disrespectful to your parents. And the next day you felt bad about it. That conviction of sin, that thing, the Holy Spirit that speaks to you and says, uh, listen, this isn't right. You need to get right. That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey. Wash your feet. You got dirty. It's okay. I'm not going to throw you away. You know, it's like the old saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm going to cleanse you. And again, in case you don't understand that illustration, throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's kind of interesting where that comes from. And in old times, uh, there would be one basin of water to wash the entire family. Water was not available within the house. You had to go out and get water. So they would go out, they'd get a basin of water, and every family member would wash in that water. And the reason they say don't throw out the baby with the bath water is the baby was usually the last one, the youngest in the family, to get bathed. And at that point, that water is pretty dirty. That water is really dark. And so the joke was that you would lose the baby in the darkness of the water. And when they threw out the water, you'd throw out the baby. Now, I hope nobody ever actually did that. But listen, don't throw out your whole self because a part of you messed up. Don't disqualify everything about you because you made a single mistake. Jesus says, listen, I will wash your feet. I'll take care of that part of you that messed up. And I know, again, going back to our first point or our second point, some of us were too prideful to admit that that part is dirty or we're too embarrassed to show Jesus that we messed up and that that part is dirty. But Jesus is saying this, listen, I already know it's dirty. I could smell your feet. And I'm not disgusted by it. As a matter of fact, I want to get in there and wash them. It's one more thing as we close out and just a simple thought I want to lay on your heart. I want to go back to John chapter 13, verse 8. Or actually, before I do that, let me just read John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. Just talking about getting saved all over again. Uh, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. That verse sums up what I've been trying to tell you. Okay. Before you accepted Jesus, you were a slave to sin, but you weren't a permanent family member. And because you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became a part of that family. And God doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God doesn't forget you and toss you away. If he sets you free, you're free indeed. You have that in him. But wash your feet. <laughs> Last thing, like I said, as I get ready to close out, John chapter 13, verse 8. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. 
Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Just one final thought I have for you, for those of you who are watching, or maybe you might be watching later. All this that I said applies to those who belong to God. But there might be some of you who don't. The Bible is very clear that, that we're not all sons and daughters of God. That some of us are sons of devil, and some of us are sons of God. And the difference is, those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior have the honor of being considered sons and daughters. So the question is, are you humble enough to allow God to see the dirt on your feet, to get down in front of them and wash them away? In other words, are you willing to confess your sins before God, to tell God, I've messed up, not just my feet, but all of me is unclean before you, God. And I'm asking you right now, would you come into my life? Would you be my savior? Would you wash me clean so that I can walk in the confidence that I see all these other people walking in? So you might be watching and you may not be part of Excel. You might be friends with somebody who comes to Excel. Or listen, maybe you're somebody who you have completely walked away from God. And it's not just your feet that's dirty anymore. But there's a stain on you that feels like you can't remove. And the truth is, none of us can remove that stain. That stain of sin is a stain that only God can remove. So I want to pray for both of you. For those of you who are considered sons and daughters of God. And maybe those of you who aren't. And I want to ask God that he would... Come into your room right now and speak to you in a very powerful way. Church, let me pray for you first. God, I just ask, Lord, for those of us who are considered sons and daughters, God, I pray that you would allow us to consider other people, Lord. I pray that you would allow us to be humble enough to accept the washing of our feet. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand the difference between a mistake and walking away. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you that you don't treat us as our sins deserve. Lord, I thank you that you loved us enough to kneel down and wash our feet. Lord, I thank you for what we're celebrating this week and this weekend. Lord, the fact that we have you as our Savior, that we don't have to live a life of sin because of what you did on the cross. And Lord, I just pray. I pray for all of us who consider you our Lord and Savior. Help us to mimic that same thing, God. Help us to not be so self-indulged that we don't think about washing other people's feet. That we would reach out to other people. That we would look in on family members. That we would make right what wasn't made right. Lord, if there's any issues or drama, any ill will, Lord, I pray that we would make the initiative to correct that. So that we're all with clean hands before you and clean feet. And Lord, I pray even now for those who don't know you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that as this message was being spoken, that it was your voice that was speaking to their heart. God, I pray that they would reach out to their friend or, or even to me on here. And, and Lord, I pray that they would ask the question that they're burning to ask. And Lord, I pray that they would humble themselves before you, admit that they're a sinner, and ask you to come into their life as Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you for that amazing gift, God. We thank you for your amazing humility. We thank you that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has been willing to kneel down and wash us from our sins. We pray that we will never take that for granted. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you, church.